So we are halfway through Lent, and just a little review as we go through our Lenten series on I Can't Fight This Alone. The first Sunday of Lent, we looked at the five keys of freedom and that the Lord is calling all of us to freedom. We talked about the desire for change. If you have a desire to change, you are on the right path. Most of us come to church because we know we need to change, right? We also have, we know that we have to look at our habits and we have to change our habits. We can't put ourselves in places of temptation. We also know that we need accountability. We can't do this on our own. At the Newman Center, we started accountability groups. It's been awesome. It's been super uplifting for me as a priest. And then we also know we need to pray. You know, we need to know our, we need to know our prayers and especially in the scriptures, what Jesus desires to do in our lives. And the fifth part of that, that keys was we need to learn more. The devil loves ignorant Catholics. Loves it, because he can play games with us all day long. And last week we looked at the transfiguration, and we gave you the image of either you're on the treadmill, you know, carrying that backpack, you have that wheelbarrow in front of you of just all the stuff, fears of the world, and then you're, you know, you're trekking through all this muck with these heavy boots on. And the problem is while you're doing this, you're on a treadmill. And the invitation was to pray the words, Pick me up, Papa, as St. Therese asks us to do. So we don't have to like, live worldly lives. We can be lifted up into the arms of the Father and see Jesus as he truly is. Now, the image I'm going to give you this Sunday just came to me a few, a few days ago because I'm always praying, like, Lord, give me an image. I'm, it was a hard one this week, but it came to me in all places, the bathroom at Menards. And I'm in the bathroom at Menards, and as I'm in the bathroom, um, I'm doing my business, and there's another person doing their business, and I hear, you know, the toilet flush and all that funny stuff going on, and then the person just, like, walks right out the bathroom. Gross, right? Guy didn't wash his hands. Um, And then my mind just starts going crazy, like, is he going to touch everything? Do I get, where's the Lysol? I'm just, like, going nuts in my head, but I'm, like, just kind of wondering how many of that is us where we, in our lives, there's just certain areas where no one told us the importance of washing our hands, spiritually, so to speak. And are there any areas in our lives where, you know, we didn't wash our hands and the evil one has got a grip on us? You know, Jesus says today, it's in our gospel, he's, he comes to talk, talk about the temple of his body, but he's also talking about the temple of your body. And sometimes things have happened in our lives where, you know, there's oxen or sheep or whatever you want to call it that have come into your, your soul, into your mind, or into your heart, right, into your body. And that makes it very difficult for you and I to follow the commandments. You know, a lot of times people come to me, nobody here, of course, but you know, like other, other places, people come and they, and they say things like, Father, I don't think drinking is a big deal. I don't think premarital sex is a big deal. I don't think spending tons of time on the internet is a big deal. I don't think drugs are a big deal. And I'm like, sweet. Then just stop. Let's talk about something different. Well, why can't we stop? Well, sometimes it's because we had areas in our lives where nobody ever stopped and introduced themselves to us and said, hey, when you go to the bathroom, after you do that, please wash your hands because you get germs on yourself, right? And I think for a lot of us, a lot of people have never been invited into relationship with Jesus, just purely have never been invited into it. Because, as I said earlier in this first semester, rules without relationship always leads to rebellion. And I just think we need to repeat that. So repeat that with me. 
rules without relationship always leads to rebellion. A lot of us have been told to wash our hands, so to speak, in the church, but we don't know why, and we've never been introduced to the importance of relationship, right? It's just do this and don't do that. Do this, but don't do that. And make sure you really don't do this, but don't do that, right? But what about realizing the love of the Father who sent his only Son to die for you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you? And because of that love, when you encounter that love, when you start meditating upon the scriptures, you spend time with the Blessed Mother and the Rosary, when you spend time in adoration, when you spend time in prayer with others, you would never want that love to end. And then the natural disposition of one's heart, the natural change would be, well, how do I just follow you? How do I not fall out of this relationship? So it makes the Ten Commandments like no-brainers, right? <laughs> like, why would I not keep the commandments? So anybody who's living in sin, especially in deep sin, or if the evil one has a stronghold on your life, which I want to talk about in a second here, then keeping the commandments is a burden. Keeping the commandments is a burden because it's just about rules and there's no relationship because we're avoiding love. A few, t- a few areas in your lives that you might want to reflect on as you go into this week, you know, as, as, as the Lord might be calling you to say, come wash your hands, would be areas of maybe people who never told you how dangerous some things are. Some people have grown up in houses where alcoholism is just very normal. And they've seen mom and dad fight. And they've seen awful things happen. And then the devil takes stronghold of their, of their lives and says, it's your fault. You could do something. And they were never taught how to spiritually wash their hands to deliver themselves from those lies. And they always judge mom for enabling dad for being an alcoholic, for example. Or some people have been brought up in homes where they were told, you know, it's not, a, it's not a really big deal if you mess around with money or steal money. It's just no big deal, right? And we get greedy and we start looking for status. Oh, if I have these clothes, if I dress up this certain way, then I'll get attention, right? Or if I have the right look, on my Instagram or on my Facebook or on my Snapchat, that'll, that'll, that'll make me happy. And no one ever said to them, hey, you said you love Jesus. Has there been any sacrifice for him in any of this? I can remember when I was in college, I had a priest call me out and he said, are you Catholic? And I said, yeah. Do you love Jesus? Yeah. And he said, go clean up your Facebook page. It's a mess. So I did, because I didn't want to live a double lifestyle. I was living a divided lifestyle because no one told me it made a difference what I posted on the internet versus how I live my life when I go to Mass or when I'm you know, in my room saying my prayers to my Father in secret. No one ever told me, you got to wash your hands, right? For some of us, we've never been told the dangers of horoscopes or palm reading, and we just take it like it's no big deal. And the devil is just like, oh, this is so good. (laughs) And just little by little, when we open our hearts to these dark things, to witchcraft, to Wicca, whatever it might be, the devil's like, don't wash your hands of that. 
I'm going to put a stronghold on their soul and their life, and they're going to wonder why they can't stop drinking. They're going to wonder why they can't stop being impure with themselves. They're going to wonder why they hate themselves. And in order to go forward, they have to do something. They have to ask for help. And Jesus wants to help us. And sometimes we have to do it in a community, right? Jesus wants to come in with a whip and cords and take the devil out, quite literally, out of your body, your mind, and your soul, so you can be free, right? He wants to come and overturn those tables, and most likely for a lot of us, instead of having them be upside down, he wants them to be right side up, so you can know, first of all, that you are so loved. You are so loved. And secondly, he just wants you to know that this is not the way. You and I must change. It's a, it's a constant process of conversion. And in that metanoia, in that repentance, for if you're Catholic, it begins with confession. Always start with confession. Have a good confession. And then thirdly, you can't be afraid to join a, a group of friends, to join community, to be honest and open your hearts up and saying what you're struggling with. And not being afraid to say, hey, I've been struggling with this one particular sin for 18 years, for 30 years, for 50 years, and I'm so tired. I don't know why I don't believe that God doesn't love me. Well, have you looked back at any areas where you opened your heart up to something that was dark? When I grew up, no one ever talked about how bad the Ouija board was. No one talked about that stuff. When I was in sixth, seventh grade, I played the Ouija board, and I'm not proud of it. When I was in eighth grade, no one ever told me, hey, drinking is wrong. You could really damage yourself. And again, it's not that alcohol is bad. The problem is, is that a lot of us don't know how to control ourselves. No one ever told me about the dangers of the impurity on the internet. Everyone's like, oh, it's just how we take care of stress, right? But then you get enslaved by it. And then when you look at the Ten Commandments and they look like burdens, the devil's like, great. They're not going to see the gift of being in a relationship with Jesus. They're not going to see the freedom and the joy of coming from a place of Egypt, which is enslavement, and being moved into the arms of the Father and knowing that they are sons and daughters. This is great. Let's not let them wash their hands. Because our gospel reading today, my friends, it ended with the words that Jesus did not need anyone to testify about, testify about human nature because he himself understood it well. Another area where, Jesus, or, where the devil doesn't want you to wash your hands, so to speak, is he doesn't want you to know that Jesus is God. He doesn't want you to know that God became a person so he could relate to you in a very intimate, unique way. And if anybody ever tells you, you are not special, you just tell them to shut up. Because you are special. God only made one of you. And he knows you uniquely. You are the apple of his eye. And he knows human nature. He knows how weak we are when we're not in his grace. That it's so easy to just not wash our hands and avoid asking for help and avoid repenting and saying, I was wrong. I am sorry. And reaching out to other people and seeking counsel, saying, is what Father Zach said, is that right? 
is the Ouija board not good for you? Should I not be doing horoscopes? <laughs> Should I not go to the palm reader? Should I not go to the witchcraft store? Yeah, you shouldn't go. Someone's listening in the front row. Because <laughs> the Lord knows that you and I are weak and we just get very weak, especially when we, first of all, start isolating ourselves. When we don't allow him to be who he is, a warrior who's madly in love with you. A lot of people, if Jesus walked into this church right now, would not recognize him. Because they like the big bird Jesus. They like the Barney Jesus. The one who doesn't make you have to change. The one who says, yeah, you can, you can go do that stuff with the Ouija board and you can be Catholic. Yeah, you can do that and you can be Catholic. And that's just not true. Because Jesus comes into the temple and he wants to come into the temple of your body and soul, but you need permission. And this is his father's house. The father purchased your soul through Jesus on the cross, right? And he wants you to know that you are holy and you are beautiful and it might be an invitation this Sunday to let him come in and clean house so you can know that you are loved. And you can start looking back and saying, holy crap, he loves me that much that he's willing to go to war with evil to win me over so I can be free in order to set others free. And then keeping the commandments is Again, it's a total no-brainer. And these aren't, again, I don't think like, the, the commandments are like too out there. But if you know that this is the way to stay out of Egypt, which is that place of slavery, where you keep trying to shut the door on that sin and you want the foothold out, when the Lord takes the foothold out or the soul tie off of your soul from impurity or bad things that have happened in your family, you will do anything to stay out of Egypt and be enslaved. And the Lord says, no false idols. First commandment, no false idols. I must be number one. And false idols, again, they don't have to be bad things. They can be good things too. Some of us on college campus, we have made idols out of sports. We sacrifice our prayer for sports. Some of us have put our, our, our major, you know, our, our career already is ahead of our faith life. That's called a false idol. Some of us have made idols out of ourselves. We are so concerned about what other people think about us. And the Lord says, I have to be number one. And if you want to know what your idols are, just pray in your spiritual imagination in front of the idol smasher, which is the crucified Christ, which we hear in our second reading is a stumbling block for most people. Nothing is stronger than Jesus Christ crucified. When you let him in, he smashes all the idols. He overturns the tables. So you shall have no other gods before him. All he asks is, hey, just repent. Let me come in. Let's wash our hands, and it'll be good. And not taking the Lord's name in vain. And this one is, is hard for people because people say these words all the time as if they're not a big deal. Jesus Christ, God damn it, oh my God, jeez. Those are sins, okay? If you didn't know that, I'm assuming you're like the person who was sitting in the stall and walked out and no one ever told them those things are wrong, okay? And I'm telling you these things because they invoke a power and they start taking strongholds on our bodies and our souls. Why not say, praise be Jesus Christ. I love you, Jesus. We're also called to keep holy the Sabbath day. 
which is a day of rest, to not have distractions come in and start filling our temples with sports. I hated my dad growing up when he said, you're not playing until we go to Mass. Hated him, but he was right, you know, making sure we take a break from the things of the world. And also honoring your mother and father. This is like my favorite commandment for youth. Because it just works. Like when you just do what your mom and dad tell you to do. Mind you, if you're a kid here, or if you don't know how much you cost, you cost like fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year. That's like crazy. So your parents are sacrificing for you. So when they say, hey, could you pick, pick up a little bit? Could you clean up? It's just a way of saying, hey, thank you for paying for my clothes, my insurance, my food, a house to stay in, a bed to sleep in. Thank you for doing my laundry, all that kind of stuff. It's just easier when you obey. Fifth commandment, you shall not kill. And some people are like, I've never killed anyone. I'm good. What about your anger? People have become extremely angry since the pandemic hit. Because guess what? None of us are in control. If you think you're in control, let go and let God right now. Because you're not. And trying to be a control freak doesn't work. When you bend and you become an instrument of God's peace, there is so much joy when you start taking chances in the Lord. You shall not commit adultery. Right? That would be for those who are living in marriage, having extramarital affairs. But also, the Lord takes it further in the Gospels, and he says, if you look at a woman with adultery in your heart, you've already, com- you've already or lusted after her in your heart, you've already committed adultery with her. Uh. That's hard. Because our world is so immodest. We don't honor our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. This past week, I was just named the member of the month at Anytime Fitness in Oshkosh. And the first question they asked me was, why, why did you begin working out? Well, to be honest, I wrote the word vanity, right? I was just, I just want a better body. I wanted to show off my muscles, all that kind of stuff. But since my encounter with the Lord, so I wrote, after I encountered Jesus Christ on this form, I said, I began to honor my body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying it to point to myself, but I'm saying we got to lead by example and we have to know that our bodies are holy and they're not meant to have all this darkness inside of them. Next commandment is you shall not steal. Hopefully people realize they shouldn't steal, but again, for college students, have you cheated on any exams? Have you gone on the internet and looked up ways to literally cheat and do the least amount of work possible? Not that anybody here would do this, you know, like other college campuses, right? It's not your property. It takes effort. What did I do in seminary? First of all, I found a friend who liked to study, and I said, I would like to study with you. Second thing is, we, I would pray a litany of saints every time before I studied, and I would say, start marching, because I don't want to do this, right? And it worked. It's something you can do. It's very simple. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, not that anybody here would do that, but you know, like other campuses, like when people lie straight to your face or when people gossip about you in text message streams, that's an awful feeling. And realizing once I, I shut the door to this particular room, they're all going to start chat, chatting about me. Or when I do it about other people and I tell them not to do it, I'm hypocritical. Most people don't want to be gossiped about and don't want to be lied to. Pretty simple. 
You shall not covet your neighbor's house. That means, are you jealous of what other people have? Oh, I want that. Oh, I wish I had that. Oh my gosh, your stuff is so much better than mine. What we need to do is take a step back and say, thank you, Jesus, for what I have, and thank you for what you have given them. People that covet their neighbor's house are people that are ungrateful. People that covet their neighbor's house or their neighbor's goods are people that are ungrateful. Always turn to gratitude because compare rhymes with despair. As soon as you start comparing your stuff or even yourself to others, you're either going to feel like you're much better than them or you don't even matter. Jesus loves you too much to let you stay there. And the last one is you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. What does that mean? For those of you who are married, you can't look at other women. You can't even go there. You can't even fantasize. You can acknowledge in your heart, Lord, that is a beautiful woman, but I'm married, and I made a covenant, and I would die for my wife, right? Can't be looking at pornography. Can't do it. Because it enslaves us, and the Lord is just wanting to come into a lot of, for a lot of us in clean house. So there's an invitation this week to go to confession. I'll be hearing confessions after Mass. A lot of us got to wash our hands and pray for wherever we're blind to be revealed of where the evil one may have strongholds in our lives that make us so weak to say things like, oh, it's not a big deal if I drink, or it's not a big deal if I do that. And then again, my question is, then why don't you just stop? Just stop. Just stop sinning. Sometimes it's because we have a hole in our heart, and the Lord wants to fill it, and the devil wants us to be blind to that hole. So where are you not allowing Jesus to come in? Where might you be invited this week to start praying with a group of people for deliverance and freedom. And if you have been set free from an Egypt, so to speak, of slavery to sin, are you on mission to help others get out of slavery? Will you be Christ to others to help set them free? So they stop hating themselves. So they stop habitually sinning and they can't stop. And they can't stop. Would you go in? But I would encourage you not to go in alone. Bring a group of people with you. Because Jesus loves you too much to leave you where you are. And he gives us his commandments so we can remain in that love. And that means we have to sacrifice. We gotta be clean. We gotta clean out our temples of our minds, our bodies, and our souls to know that that's the Father's house. And Jesus didn't die so you could suffer. He died so you could be set free today, tomorrow, and for eternity. Amen.